game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Comes over to the left wing, takes a hit from Sider. Puck comes loose in front of the goal, scores! Warren Fogle on the wraparound! It gets under Nedeljkovic! It's the come-from-ahead victory by the Edmonton Oilers tonight. 7-5 over the Detroit Red Wings. That is the game winner by Warren Fogle with 5.25 left on the clock. The Oilers led 3-0 early and 4-1 after the first period. The Wings came back to tie it and they made it very tense. So the good news is the Oilers get the win. They get two points. Vegas loses for the fifth consecutive game. Edmonton is two points ahead of Vegas for third in the Pacific with two games in hand. Vegas with 20 games remaining. The Oilers still with 22. Edmonton has won three in a row. Another item of good news today, the Oilers did exactly what they needed to do early. They came out and asserted themselves and jumped all over a Detroit team that didn't play well out of the gate, and they were up 3-0. Then there's the bad news. The Oilers had a commanding lead. They were in control of the game, and they could not take it home safely as it became increasingly sloppy for the Oilers throughout the night. 7-5 is the final. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, that was something. Well, it made for a much more entertaining game. You know, if it was at 3 nothing, five minutes, six minutes into the game, you're thinking, oh, this could be 10 nothing. I mean, that's boring for the fans. They got to see some excitement. And to me, the Oilers, it was so easy early in the hockey game. They got complacent. They got sloppy. And, and the Detroit Red Wings, uh, they saw the score and said, you know, well, we better start doing something different here. Or we're going to be embarrassed badly. And I think it was right after the Oilers scored 3 nothing is when the Detroit Red Wings started playing better and the Edmonton Oilers uh, were not the same team. And it was through the first period. They got the power play goal late, but the Detroit Red Wings were the better team after it went 3 nothing. The second period, Detroit played well. And then obviously in the third, Detroit came out and scored a couple goals early. Uh, the Oilers will be happy with the two points. They will not be happy with the way they played through the 60 minutes. Well, yeah, Detroit just kept working and kept throwing pucks to the net and keeping pucks alive and to me Rob the Oilers started looking a little tentative not making decisive plays and like you said maybe you start cheating for offense a little bit if you think you're it's going to be point night which by the way it still was yeah. because 15 of the Oilers 18 skaters got at least a point tonight the only guys not on the score sheet Brad Malone Zach Cassian and Ryan McLeod and I, I gotta tell you it's a convincing win for Devo a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He took the over before the game. I set the line total points by defenseman in this game at three and a half. Winds up at 11, <laughs> courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. Every Oilers defenseman got at least an assist. And then Duncan Keith, they added a second one. So seven points by Oilers defenseman, four by Detroit defenseman, including uh, two goals by Mark Stahl tonight. And Moritz Sider, who we'll talk about later, got an assist as well. Nick Letty 
got an assist uh, as the Oilers win 7-5. So, yeah, it, it was point night, even, <laughs> even though it wasn't quite the way the, the they thought it would be. Um, you know, the second period, Rob, it was, you know, a relatively low event, I suppose. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, I mean, Koskinen made a couple of big saves, and then Gagne scored a, kind of a weird one. You know, we think we think it actually went all the way across the front yeah. of Koskinen's jersey and went in the far corner. I, that's what I think. I haven't seen a, a good enough replay. Plus, my eyes and aren't as good as they used to be, so I, I couldn't tell. But it, that's what it looked like. Um, an odd goal either way. Uh, it was just. But that really uh, changed it, right? Well, it, four, it, four one, four two instead of four one. Well, we we talk about that a lot because that was late in the period, and in the dressing room, there's a little more belief in the dressing room now. Hey, you know what? We're just one shot away, one shot away from making this a game where we can pull our goalie. And I think anytime you're down a couple, that's what you want to give yourself a chance to pull your goalie to to come even. Uh, the Oilers just it was. Uh, yeah, it just it wasn't pretty, and the Detroit Red Wings. And the one thing that even in a win like this, it exposes a hard forecheck is what gives the Oilers problems. Uh, sometimes they have a little bit of trouble making quick decisions, getting in to the 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 back end quickly enough to make the get the puck and get it up quickly. And teams study that, and that's something that the Oilers are going to have to do a better job when they start playing against better hockey clubs, because Detroit's forecheck, as much as it was very good through the last 50 minutes of this hockey game, it's the Detroit Red Wing forecheck, and a lot of the players on this team, I mean, are not household names, so this is something the Oilers are going to have to clean up when they start playing the better teams. Having said that, they got the points, the two points they needed. Uh, Their star players produced. Uh, They got a big kill. Uh, so there were some good things in the game, but all in all, it's not a game that uh, they're going to be excited about and certainly something that the coaching staff will be able to pick apart tomorrow in video session. Yeah, there's going to be I, I, there will be some good tape, yep. to be fair, but yep. there's going to be a lot of uh, correctable tape as well as the Oilers win 7-5 over the Detroit Red Wings. It, it, it's some weird goals, too. I mean, we mentioned the Gagne one, and then to me, even the game winner, Fogel is I think he was actually trying to pass it across the crease, and it looked like it barely hit Mark Stahl. Yeah, it hit the stick and changed directions. What completely? Th- I mean, rarely do you see a goaltender stumble, and the goalie stumbled and fell backwards. Well, if he would have not moved, he would have stopped. Yes, and but he moved and stumbled and kind of fell back into the net. Uh, it was a smart play by Fogel. We talk about it all the time. Just take the puck to the net. Good things will happen. And that's all he did. It, it was a weird sequence because on that play, Archibald got absolutely crushed in the corner. And the fans erupted. They thought it was should have been a boarding penalty. And there was a hesitation in the players, all the players on the ice, because they saw the hit, they heard the fans, and there was just that slight hesitation, everyone except for Warren Fogle. He had the puck and he just brought it around. So uh, that wasn't a, a great goaltender goal to give up by the goaltender there, as he did, as you said, moved and didn't need to. And at that point, it was like, do the Detroit Red Wings have one more comeback in them? This is a team that doesn't win very often. They've already come back a couple times, and eventually they just ran out. Yeah, Vander Kane sealed it with an empty netter. He scored two tonight. He's now up to 10 on the season is Evander Kane in 21 games. So uh, his signing has been paying off here for Edmonton. Koskinen, who's been very, very good lately, did make some big saves. Uh, 
you know, we mentioned the Gagne goal, kind of a strange one. And then, as we've seen, <laughs> he's not a good puck handler. Nope. Last, uh, about a week and a half ago against Chicago, I guess it was a week ago, um, you know, threw the puck away, mm-hmm. and it got it got fired in. And again, in that game, they should have been behind, if not for him. But yep. still, and then today, just a complete mess up with Keith behind the net, puck bouncing around, and in front it comes, and Lucas Raymond fires it in. The, the biggest issue that I see with him is he's not assertive. And it's one of those things, when you get good at something, you become more assertive and more confident. To get more assertive and more confident, confident you have to be good at something. So as it's funny, while we're talking about this, they're showing Miko Koskinen giving the puck away in the, 30, in the top 50 <laughs> misplays, yeah, misplays of the season. So on that one there, he comes out, stops the puck properly. Now, A, I don't know if there's communication or not. I don't know if Duncan Keith is yelling, leave it or move it, because that that's on the player. But he just wasn't a serve, and he just kind of hesitates, and then there is the kerfuffle behind the net, and I don't know if Keith's skate hit the stick, and he wasn't able to push it out. But it happens too often, too frequently. And it, what we're going to see, if uh, Koskinen is the starter come playoff time, we know in the playoffs, as we saw last year, there were four one-goal games in the first round. So one goal could be the difference between winning a game or not. Yeah. And if once once a series, there's a turnover that turns into a goal against, that could be the difference in winning a series 4-3 or losing a series 4-3. So uh, it's something that I, I don't know how you address it as a coaching staff because it's not the new. This isn't new to Miko Koskinen struggling, moving the puck from behind the net. Well, so I'm not sure what they do. Can you see this replay? I'm watching it right so now. So it's a long shoot-in, and Koskinen stops, and then Keith... Comes right towards him. Yeah, I mean... So that's what I, that's on both guys. Well, like, or some, something happens. That's why I'm like, wondering. I don't know where the the uh, communication is. Keith's the one that should be coming back. He should shoulder check. Because the goalie, when he goes out there, he's facing the boards, trying to read the rim. So when the puck's coming around, Koskinen is facing the boards. The puck took a weird bounce. It didn't come right along the, the yellow dasher. It bounced out, which forced Koskinen to pull his stick back and look down at the puck. So at that point, a defenseman has to call. Now, most defensemen, when we see Mike Smith come out to play the puck, the defensemen, they just go immediately to the corners. Right. They don't come to the back net. They go to the corners, and that way Smith moves it one way or the other. Coming to the goaltender... You have to be completely by yourself coming to the goaltender because if you're not, you're bringing the forward. And that's what happened. And that's what happened. So the forward's there, Keith's there, Koskinen's there. Koskinen had to pull his arms in tighter to his body because it took a weird bounce. And at that point, it's you're just crossing your fingers hoping it doesn't bounce out front. And then, to make matters worse, I think it goes off Keith yeah, again. Yeah, Keith actually taps, so taps it out into the front of the net. So, so yeah, Koskinen stopped it. Keith jumps out of the way because he all of a sudden realized he's going to hit Koskinen. The wing player slashes Koskinen's stick, then centers it. And, and actually, it, and McDavid probably would have broken up that pass. Well, if, and then Keith, yeah. but then Keith knocked it right. In if front. Keith doesn't touch the puck, the puck goes into towards the boards. I mean, then it's a race. Well, between. Tra- but he was trying to pass this other guy, but I don't think. He no, he wouldn't have got it. it. No, the puck would have went right past him, right to the boards. But Keith, it. I mean, at that point, Keith's not thinking. He's just trying to stop the puck. But yeah, that was a, a mistake by both Keith and Koskinen. And unfortunately, there's too many of those. And yeah. I don't honestly, I don't know as a coaching staff what you say. Because well, because go- I mean, every goalie stops the puck behind the net. Yeah, and and he did. I mean, if he- you brought up a, a midget AAA goalie to play in the NHL, the expectation would be he's going to stop the yes. puck behind the net. It's what you do afterwards. So that's something they got to communicate with. Is at that point, 
He stops the puck. D-man go to the corner, and he knows right away just fire it higher around the glass because anything more, any more thought to that, it gets costly yeah. because he hesitates. And when he hesitates, he's in trouble. Well, and, and you make a great point about – okay, we'll get to that in a second. Let's go downstairs. I think we got Jay Woodcroft ready to go. Um, but our, what I liked was uh, even though it wasn't a perfect night, our, our team found a way uh, to grind it out when uh, things weren't – going our way in the third period but we found a way to to make a difference and and get the two points um there's things to clean up for sure in our game but i was impressed with our players finding a way to win the game so did it come too easy in the first five minutes where you know three goals six shots and you're probably thinking oh man this is as a player you're they're probably thinking this is going to be easy well, I think it was part of the game plan was to come out um, hard. I thought we've done that here on this homestand, is tried to assert our game plan on the other team immediately, uh, and we accomplished that. I thought there was a little bit of a lull, uh, and when or what was at the root of that lull were a lot of just self-inflicted errors, um, passing through people, turnovers at the offensive blue line, and just just things that we didn't demonstrate in the first five minutes. Um, like I said, though, in the end, it's a credit to our players for finding a way to win um, when it got tense there. Thank you. Jay, the, the, the shore Fogel line, they, they started the scoring, they get the, uh, the game-winning goal. You've had a lot of guys kind of contributing... Maybe talk about Fogel, who's been a little snake bit. He said it was finally nice for him to get one that kind of went his way, finally after not capitalizing on a lot of good chances. Yeah, he. Um, I think that line, ever since in the last month or so that I've been here, I feel good about that line, uh, about putting them uh, in any situation, on uh, in the offensive zone, neutral zone, defensive zone, I feel good about them. Um, we also mixed Archibald in kind of down the stretch there, and he did some good things that group as well. Happy for Warren uh, to get rewarded and he ended up the night plus three so he's doing some things properly. Your power play scored a goal early and then on the, the next two, had some good looks, didn't finish but 33% you'll take it. Do you feel, are you seeing the signs that you want that your power play is coming around? Yeah, you know what, I would say that you, you know, the I'm not as much hung up on the percentage number. Um, I think uh, that the power play found a way to score a big goal at that point in the game and um, helped us win the game. That was an important goal for us. It looked like you've, you've had a few kind of new wrinkles that you unveiled tonight on the power play, just different looks that you're able to, and obviously always have to do that, just kind of incorporating new things to keep the, the penalty kill, you know, not expecting what's coming. Yeah. And uh, I'd also say that different penalty kills present different issues. And so you have to get creative in how to, how to try and solve um, some of these kills. This is the best league in the world. There's great coaches, great players on the other team. And, and you got to do your work. And, and uh, it's a credit to our players for going out and executing that plan. Because, I, like I said, scoring a goal on, uh, at that moment in the game was important and a real factor in us getting the two points. Uh, Jay, just uh, going off the, the power play stuff there, I just 
curious if um, having Bouchard in the that bumper spot was that by choice or was that just kind of how the flow of that power? Yeah, that that came down to the line change and who changed for who, and and Bouch has enough hockey sense to figure out. Um, even though that's not his spot on that unit, he figured out that he had to get to a certain point of um, the ice surface, and he looked dangerous there. You know, I wish he would have shot that one puck, but um, that just it's a credit to his hockey sense that he figured out where to go um, when not all the pieces of his unit were on the ice. Um, and you mentioned how this wasn't a Picasso, but you did win. So I, I'm kind of curious about tomorrow and how much will you critique this win with, with the players or are you kind of shifting your focus to, to Buffalo? Well, we're not going to bury our heads in the sand and, and um, you know, just pretend that there weren't things in our game that have to get cleaned up. We will address those. Um, I was talking with Brad Lauer this morning. I had a coffee with him and his staff in his room, and he, he used a great line, and he said, you know, they're... The wins are pieces of art, but you don't always hang uh, every pitcher in the living room. Sometimes you hang them in the basement. And I thought it was a really smart way of putting it. And that uh, Brad's a really funny guy, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one because I think it uh, adequately describes tonight's game. Can you talk about how well Kane's playing? He's scoring ten goals already. What have you seen? You know his progression since you've been here as a coach. Yeah, he's a legit. Uh, top six forward uh, touches most areas of the game he can penalty kill, he, he's on the power play um, he makes us a better team with his physicality um, and his physicality sometimes acts as a, t- a deterrent um, but you know just little subtle displays of his physicality the 50-50 battles how hard he is on face-offs and establishing inside position finishing his check obviously going to hard areas to score happy for him that he got two goals tonight thank you good thanks well i don't know i have some pretty nice artwork in my basement (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, that's where my wife puts all the stuff that I'm involved in, down in the basement where no one can see it. So I go down there every once in a while to check it out. But, yeah, it was a good one. I saw, Actually, I saw Brad Lauer was at the game here tonight, uh, an old teammate of I, of mine and having an incredible season coach in the, the Oil Kings. But it was a really good line, and it's true. Uh, you know what? It was, a, it was Like we say, it was a good two points. It wasn't a pretty two points, but still two, two points is going to put you a little bit further up in the standings. The Oilers win 7-5 over the Detroit Red Wings. That means a $700 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're giving 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Okay, we have much to discuss. More post-game reaction as well. You can chime in at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Back in a couple of minutes, this is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630. And bring it out through center. And now into the Detroit end was Hyman. That was bumped away from him. You now here comes Nemestikov into the Oilers zone. Poke check made by Koskinen. And the puck sent out by Fogel. That is Miko Koskinen, save of the game. Courtesy Reface Magic, transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Koskinen now 10-1-2. and 
In his last 13 starts, he stops 30 out of 35 tonight to get the victory. He's 22-9-3 on the season as the Oilers beat Detroit 7-5. The Oilers record 33-23-4. And as I mentioned, two points ahead of Vegas for third in the Pacific with a couple of games in hand. A crazy one tonight as the Oilers have won their third in a row. They are 3-0 on this homestand, which we knew was going to be a big one here as we go into the stretch. The uh, special team story tonight, the Oilers one for three on the power play. And the Detroit Red Wings one for one, Rob, is the Oilers give up a, at least one power play goal against almost every game. They, they didn't against Tampa Bay. Uh, they didn't on March 1st against Philadelphia. But then you got to go back to uh, like February 4th. Basically, every couple of weeks they have a game in which they don't give up a, uh, a power play goal against. The update there for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new Camaro's location. Check out Extreme with the next PowerProducts.com. And look, I, I said earlier, pretty pretty sloppy, way too sloppy, but there is some good tape to say, yeah. hey, we caught you doing something right. And again, Yamo occupying that space on the power play. He's got a power play goal two of the last three games. Yeah, no, he's got good hands around the net. He's a smart kid, so he understands when to push off. If you watch just ISO cam on him when he's in front of the net, he knows when there's a play about to develop where he's going to be needed, and he gives the defenseman a little push in the back, which creates separation between him and the defenseman. Now all of a sudden there's a little bit open space when the puck comes to his stick. So uh, he was good. And then Fogel, who we heard earlier, uh, plus three tonight, and their line was good in this hockey game. So uh, the Oilers needed, well, when, when the other team scores five, you need to have players all throughout your lineup to be able to contribute. So there were a lot of good things. We'll put it this way. There was a lot of good things offensively. There were a lot of things that they're going to rewatch tape on defensively. Yeah, for sure. 7-5. Is your final. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. I believe we have a post game from Warren Fogle coming up as we move along tonight, too. He got the game winner. We have Greg standing by. Hey, Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Hey, so last week uh, I called in after you had said that Koskinen was a good NHL goalie, and we had a little bit of discussion there, and, and you said that uh, history... Who are you uh, talking to, me or Rob? Because uh, uh, I've, said, I've said numerous times that I think he is a good backup, ideally. But last week, uh, I brought up the history has proven us that he is not a good NHL goalie. And uh, you guys had got into it a little bit and had said, well, how does history matter? Um, and anyway, so long story short, I got some stats here for you. I just want to, this is goalie stats, because you can pick any player in the NHL that, it, uh, well, stats don't matter or history doesn't matter. Well, so I just want to, I'll, I'll, I compared five goalies. I won't go through them all, but Koskinen's goals against average this season is 2.98 and a 906 save percentage. That's not including this game. His career, 297 goals against average and a 907 save percentage. Pretty much bang on. Darcy Kemper, yes, he plays for Colorado this year, but who cares? 2.47 goals against average this year and a 9.22 save percentage. His career, 2.47 goals against average and a 9.18 save percentage. Samsonov, 2.96 goals against average, 9.01 save percentage this year. Career, 2.76 goals against average, 0.905 save percentage. This goes on and on for every goal in the league. So that being said, the history of Koskinen does matter, and that does not include the softies and the backbreakers that he gives up on a daily basis um, that breaks the back of the Oilers that are really soft goals. So he is not, he is not, and these are your words, a good NHL goalie. And he's, he's a, I, he's, I still think he's a good NHL goalie. He's a backup, but he's a good NHL goalie. 
He's a backup goaltender. We've said it all along. He's a backup goaltender that has been pressed into being a starter because he's outplayed the starter here. And so going into the playoffs, he's on a good run. That's who you run with, this guy, because he's better right now than the other guy. That's what I was saying. So that's why I don't care what he did last year. Right now, he's your better option. And Mike Smith, if you want to go through history, his history, he has a much better history than, than Koskinen. Last year, he was outstanding. But right now, he's not. That's why you go with Koskinen. Now, is Koskinen good enough to take you past the first round, the second round? Only time will tell that. But you don't have any other option right now because he is your best option. You there, Greg? On there, no. Just last week, um, it was, the the word backup wasn't mentioned. And oh, yes, I did, Greg. I've, Greg, to be fair, that's me, and I've said that for years. If you've listened to the we show, we keep calling him one B. That that's what we keep. Calling. Okay, fair enough. No, that's fair enough. I'll do that. That's fair enough. Backup. And I, I and to be fair, I took your side in the argument with Rob. No, no I, I know you did. I know you did. I know you did. I, know I, understand, I understand why fans are nervous. Yep, oh, absolutely. But, but Rob is saying that at this point, you got to ride the better guy. And if the playoffs started Thursday, if the next game was a playoff guy, I I, I think you would have to start Koskinen. Oh, well, without any doubt, no, you having, having said that, who knows what's going to happen over the final 22 oh, games. Oh, you're right there, too. You're going to go with whoever gives you the best I mean, chance to win. Smith gets a 40-save shutout on Thursday or the next time he plays? Then he'll play the following game. But I, we've but said all along that whichever, why, whatever that, goalie is the better goalie is the one that plays. Whatever one gives you a better chance to win is the guy that you play. But that, again, that's my concern is most teams that make the playoffs will have an obvious starter and you're yep. going to live or die with him. Yeah, absolutely they are. So that, you know, it's, I, so I understand what Greg is saying. I appreciate that he did that, that, uh, that research for sure. Um, and yeah, with, I mean, again, even with Costin tonight, uh, like the Gagne goal, I call a weird goal. Yeah, I, I still don't know how it went in, um, but it, but no, it probably should I mean, the Detroit goaltending was not good either. Well, no. But, but yeah, you, you put it perfectly, Rob. You worry about... I mean, Koskinen can't give away a goal a week on puck handling. Or if shooting, he does, or, that or, could or, cost or you. Or shooting... That's, well, you will lose playoff games. Well, because in the playoffs, it, all games seem to be one goal. It doesn't matter who's playing who. It, the first round, a team could sweep, and we saw it last year, and every game's a one-goal game. So if you're, you have a goaltender that gives the opposition a, a freebie... That could be the difference in the game. And the difference in one game could be the difference in a series. Yeah. So that's something I don't know how you correct that. I really don't because this isn't something that has just fallen into his game. Well, this has been here the entire time well, he's that, been here. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, we don't think they're going to – and most of the scuttle is is that the Oilers will not acquire a goalie in the next six days. So the, like, the, these are your goalies, whether it's going to be Koskinen, who it would be right now, yep. or Smith, or if it's neither one of those guys or there's an injury, or – or Skinner. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know when Greg called on Saturday, he was like, well, they can't win the Stanley Cup with that guy. It's like, well, okay, then don't watch the games. Like, <laughs> See, I, mean, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't believe that. I, I mean, any goaltender get hot. I mean, Jordan Bennington was in the minors. He came up and won a Stanley Cup. And, I mean, now, right now, he's the backup in St. Louis. So, anybody can have a, a great series or a great run. And right now, we're seeing that. Miko Koskin's having a great run. Now, is... Uh, is Miko Koskinen going into the playoffs as good as, oh, I mean, the kid in, in New well, York Rangers? No, no, he has no playoff no. reputation, No, obviously. Well, he's played, what, two and a half games, three games, the Chicago series a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, like well, two, three and a half games. Yeah. yeah, and the Oilers weren't good in that series. No. So, I, I don't know. I I don't think, uh, to me, this is he's your number one option right now because he is the best they got playing right now. And I don't. we don't think they're going to make a move on Monday. 
I mean, it's always possible, but we don't think they're going to. And if they don't, well, then Koskinen's your guy right now. But two weeks from now, three weeks from now, May 5th, whenever the playoffs start, it could be Mike Smith. It could be Stuart Skinner. We don't know. Right. But I think, that, again, that my point is I think that's why people are nervous. No. I, well, I'd still I mean, be, like I'd if, be nervous if like Mike if, Smith was a starter. Yeah, I'd be but, nervous if Stuart Skinner right, was because, a starter. Because there's no certain – I mean, if uh, – if, um, well, Derek Ryan got four goals in two games a couple weeks ago. Yeah. No one thought, well, now he's the number one center. Now he's our guy. Like, no, you got McDavid and Dreyse. Yeah. Like, there's no <laughs> – Anyway. So well, I don't think there's a single goalie the Oilers have right now that the fans would be confident going into the playoffs saying this guy's going to take us to the promised land. Right. So that's why we get mm-hmm. calls like that. Yeah. Uh, before we go to the news here, and we will take uh, calls until 11 tonight, but we'll get Chris in here before 1030. Uh, Chris, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, oh, Chris. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Oh, hey. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Quite well. I uh, just had a comment and a question I wanted to ask you guys. First, the comment was, uh, first of all, uh, boy, what uh, game that uh, turned out to be tonight. Uh, not what I was expecting, but... Uh, way more fun, though, wasn't it? Fun. It was fun in its own way. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, say again? It was fun in its own way. Yeah, what's your question? Yeah. Um, well, uh, the question is, I'm liking the, with how well, like, especially the top six has been like, I, I'm definitely noticing a lot more of McLeod, especially right now. And even with Yamamoto, like he's been a nice, uh, uh, switch as like the front guy on the power play right now. The yep. question is going to be when it comes time, when, uh, when we have Nuge and Poliarvi back in the lineup afterwards, like, I'm curious where to see how it's where the placement's going to be. Cause I know like you just probably going to go back as your third center and pull I would think would go back on the right with McDavid. And then where do you put like, uh, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm, not, and, I'm not sure that, about actually. that. Yeah, I think that's a good, I, I think pull will play with Nuge when they first get could back. Could it be Nuge, Fogel and Rock? Uh, Fogel and Pulley That's what I think it'll start with. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, they will have options, but yeah, that, it is interesting. But that's where I think it will start, and then they'll go from there. But I, but I agree. McLeod is is taking some steps here. Then the next step he needs is to find how to put the puck in just the net, finish, yep. and, and that will come. That will come. Yeah, that's a good. But yeah, for sure, Nuge is back on the on the power play. That's yeah. But uh, yeah, I, that's a good point, Rob. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a slam dunk that Puliarvi goes back on McDavid. Uh, and I think the Oilers are a better team uh, with Jesse uh, playing with Nugent Hopkins on the third line. I think that's a better line than Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. Yeah. Okay, sorry, uh, Chris. we got to go to the news and weather here. Quick update. We're back right after that. You're going to hear from Warren Fogle and Evander Kane. Oilers win 7-5 over Detroit. They're two points ahead of Vegas. This is Hartman Ford Overtime Open. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Barry trying to keep it in. It gets to the blue line, kept in by Keith. It's shot. Scores! McDavid at the side of the net. He was there for the rebound on the Keith shot, and it's 2-0 Edmonton. Okay, that was two and a half days ago. Oh, wait, that was earlier tonight. That was 3.13 into the game. It made it 2-0 for the Oilers. They win 7-5 over Detroit. The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com because the Oilers scored five or more. So you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. Well, let's do the scoreboard now, Rob, because some interesting stuff. Looks like the Canucks are going to win again. 6-3, they lead the Devils with four minutes left. Avalanche lead the Kings 2-0. 
early in the third. So uh, the Canucks would kind of keep pace here, and looks like uh, the Oilers might end the night f- uh, four back of L.A. for second place. Yeah, the L.A. Kings are, are battling major injuries right now. Almost their entire defensive core is out. Uh, both them and Vegas are, are hurting with injuries. The Oilers have a chance right now to put some distance between them and Vegas and possibly reel in the L.A. Kings. Also on the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to EdmontonTrailer.com. Maple Leaf shut out the Stars 4-0. Panthers and the Sharks are tied 2-2 early in the third. Coyotes beat the Canadians 6-3. Rangers knock off the Ducks 4-3 in overtime. Fox got the game winner. Capitals beat the Islanders 4-3 in a shootout. Predators beat the Penguins 4-1. Bruins over the Blackhawks 2-1 in overtime. And the Jets pound the Golden Knights. Five straight losses for the Golden Knights. 7-3. Winnipeg wins that one. Uh, big win for Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, Anaheim gets a point. Uh, possibly a costly loss for Dallas. It is it is fun following the standings at this time of year. I mean, there's so many combinations on the wild card Um you know, has that extra layer to it where it looks like, oh, a team drops out. Like, Vegas is still on the wild card. Dallas is still a point behind them. Dallas has four games in hand, though. Winnipeg is two points behind Vegas. Uh, like I said, Vancouver, they're going to likely win. They're just going to be a point behind the wild card. So, well, I mean, a lot of teams still uh, still hanging around. Yeah, the LA Kings just fell behind 3 nothing in their okay, game. Thanks. But but the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights are the team that's in the biggest trouble. They're the team that's probably going to have to do something at the deadline or they're going to fall completely out of this. They've got so many injuries. They're five teams got four or five games in hand on them. They've lost five straight. But did you read the uh, Daryl Sutter quote today? That whoever plays yeah. Colorado, it'll be a waste of eight days in the yeah. first round. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I'm not sure that's completely true, but the Colorado Avalanche have gotten better. They've made some nice moves, and that's putting good players on an already really, really good team. Yeah. But it is fun right now. There's... In the East is boring because it's everything is set. The eight teams have been set for quite a while. Out West, there's still a lot of things up for grab. Right now, it's looking like a, an Edmonton Oilers, L.A. King first round. Uh, you know, couple protege versus master in the coaching. A big physical team that was the the team. As remember Leon Drysdale talked about his aha moment in the National Hockey League the first time he played against Kopitar yep. wasn't sure he belonged in the National Hockey League well we know that he does but that's what it looks like right now we'll see over the next three to four to five weeks if that gets turned upside down a couple times if teams go on run or teams go on uh, a losing streak like the Vegas Golden Knights have done. Alright 7-5 Oilers win here at uh, Rogers Place we have Ron from Red Deer checking in tonight hey Ron go ahead hey gentlemen how you doing? Good Awesome. So, listening to the game, uh, Bob mentioned a comment about McLeod um, not taking the shot. And so, my question is, like, everything's videotaped. Does the coach actually, I'm pretty sure he reviews the game. Like, you know, he just reviews the game. Does he call in McLeod and say, like, yep. all of his players? Yep, 100%. He probably would have called him in between periods. Okay, if and there's Rob? something that's real obvious, they'll call you in between periods, and they'll show you. Uh, and he'll go back to the bench, and the players on the bench. Uh, Leon will say, hey, if I give you Rob? that puck there, you got to shoot it. Rob, this is the best question ever. Okay, I'm ready. So, I'm ready. Have you ever been called into the beta video room? 
the beta video room? <laughs> uh, wait, well, I remember. It's funny. Uh, Bob earlier tonight was talking about John Anderson. I had him in the coach in the minors. I remember video when I was with the Chicago Wolves where they used to have the VHS tapes. And they would have to, like, rewind it. Okay, that's too far. Okay, fast forward. Rewind, fast forward. And it would take 8 to 10 minutes to see a 5-second clip because it was so hard back then. So not beta, but VHS. I had a lot of those video meetings. All right, Oilers win at 7-5. We will go back down to the Hall of Fame room. He got the winner tonight, number 37, Warren Fogle. Well, Warren, you, you definitely got the, the start you wanted and then can kind of explain what happened in between and then obviously the two points is what matters, but what kind of happened after that great start? Yeah, I think we just got away from what was making us uh, successful. You know, that's playing north, getting pucks behind their D, um, and, you know, we're making plays that are, you know, that we we haven't been doing a lot lately, and, uh, you know, that, that's something we don't want to creep into our game, and, you know, we're fortunate enough that we uh, we got the... We, we finished off and got the two points, but that's not something we want to to uh, to do. For you, you get the eventual game winner, a big goal. You've had some really good chances. It frustrated, kind of nice to, to maybe get a, a bounce goal your way. Yeah, it's it's been it's been one of those years, right? Like uh, you know, last game I had a real good scoring chance, and you know, it goes off the bar, and you're just you know, when's it ever going to go in, right? So uh, no, that was a great forecheck by Archie there, and you know, honestly, I was, I was trying to feed Shorzy back door, and you know, it's one of those bounces that you said that you know finally went my way this time. Well, I think tomorrow we'll probably go over some video, and you know, we don't want uh, bad habits to you know creep into our game at this time of the year, and you know, we all know better than that. And you know, it's nice that we, uh, you know, like I said, we got the two points. You know, it's crucial time at, right now, and uh, points matter, and you know, uh, we got to get wins. So when it's when it's four one after twenty, is the message let's go get six or let's shut the door? What do you how do you play that? The message is you know keep playing the right way, and you know when the game's loosey goosey, you know sometimes you you know you, you fall into their trap, and that's something we don't want to do. And um, you know, like I said, we all know better, and you know it was good that we got the win. Warren, uh, you guys were on a little bit of a slide uh, coming into this homestand. You guys talked about how important this homestand is and was, and in the first three games, you're 3-0. and What have you learned about the guys in that locker room in the last three games? You know, when we play the right way, uh, you know, we're a hard team to play against, and you know, we beat some some really good teams. You know, we beat the Caps and in Tampa, and you know, these guys came out hard too. They're giving us a hard push, but you know, when you play the right way, um, you know, you give yourself a better chance to, to win, and you know that's what we've been doing. And those are the right doing those things is going to be good stuff going into the playoffs because it doesn't matter where you finish in the playoffs. It's once you get in, it's it's a new season, right? So um, try to get good habits going into the to the playoffs. Warren, oh, sorry, Warren. I just wonder how uh, much more comfortable you f- you feel under Jay Woodcroft, or has there been much of a change in your in your game? Have you felt? Um, you know, I think for me, it's, uh, you know, I just got to, you know, focus on uh, controlling things that I can control and, you know, it, you know, just try to take it day by day. And, you know, like I said, you know, it, it matters most that we're winning. And, um, you know, my goal is for us to get into the playoffs. Uh, I don't think ever in my life I've never not made the playoffs. So, um, you know, getting wins is important for our group. And, you know, 
I want to compete for a cup, right? So like all of us do. So I think that's more the focus is try to get wins and get into the playoffs. And not to say that there are any easy opponents in this league, but there are, you, this is the start of a, a stretch of three non-playoff teams uh, this week. Um, do you sense of how kind of important this week is heading toward the trade deadline and maybe kind of building some momentum for your GM uh, heading toward the deadline? Yeah, points are huge, and I, I bet tomorrow we'll review uh, you know those bad habits that we kind of had there uh, to get away from our, to not put those in our game for the upcoming games, and um, you know take it day by day, and you know let's get some wins. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, the win's the most important thing, even if they're not always pretty. Warren Fogle gets the game winner tonight with 5.25 left in the third. Evander Kane adds an empty netter, his second goal of the night. Oilers beat Detroit 7-5 as Detroit continues to allow uh, a ton of goals, mm. and they just have one win in their last nine games. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Sir Robert standing by. Hey, Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Well, well, I mean, I guess I'll say this. Uh, I mean, one thing that game certainly didn't lack was uh, uh, entertainment value. If you like, if you like, if you like high-scoring games, that was uh, that was certainly it. But I mean, you know what? Um, you know what? I mean, being up three nothing early, I liked the start. I thought, no, I, I liked the start, the middle part of the game to, I guess, about the first eight nine minutes of the third period. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't overly thrilled uh, by what I saw. I mean, you know, you're letting a. You're letting a. I mean, I don't know if I'd call Detroit a bottom feeder. I mean, there there are teams that are worse than them. But I mean, you're letting a. You're letting a team that's uh, much lower down and much lower down in the standings, and you are hang around. So personally, I think that. I mean, obviously, there's going to be there's going to be a ton of stuff. For them to clean up, because I mean, against because I mean, we saw what happened earlier. You know, they 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 lost to Detroit, Buffalo, and Jersey this year. So they're gonna I mean, they're, I mean if they're gonna if they're gonna win these last two games on this homestand, a lot of things to clean up. But overall, I mean, uh, I've always said. A win's a win. Don't complain. Take the two points. Learn from it. Move on. Right on. Okay. Thanks, Sir Robert. Well, there there will be things to learn. Well, there'll be reminders. Right, Rob? I mean, they, they've learned hockey already, but you need to be reminded. <laughs> well, yeah, and some coach remind, some coaches remind you over and over and over again. I, I could hear Hitch when he was coaching you remind the players on the bench, and I'm in the press box. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it, it's it's tough. When you get into the, the first five, six minutes of this game, it looked like this was going to be 15 nothing. The The Oilers were toying with the, the Red Wings. And sometimes it gets in your mind, oh, this is going to be easy. Everybody wants an easy game. It, over the course of the season, it is physically and mentally draining. So if all of a sudden, okay, if this is a laugher, it's going to be an easy one, you try to take advantage of it. And unfortunately for the Oilers, the Detroit Red Wings decide to start playing about seven minutes into the first period. And when you turn it off, as the Oilers did, it's, it's hard turning it back on. Yep. And we saw that for a while where the Detroit Red Wings were the better team simply because they started pushing, and the Oilers weren't ready for it. So, yeah, a learning experience. Um, bottom line, two points up in the standings, getting a little bit closer to a playoff spot, uh, and solidifying, hopefully, if everything goes according to uh, they want, maybe a, a home date to start this, the playoffs off. But the Oilers are getting healthier. They're playing better. They're getting 
for the most part, better goaltending. Their specialty teams, while their power play looked good tonight, uh, again, now they just got to somehow figure out their penalty killing and try to limit the chances against. Although tonight's power play goal that, it, that Detroit got, that was a bad break. You block the puck, it bounces right to the Detroit Red Wing, one pass, one timer. That one was more bad luck than bad coverage. 7-5, the Oilers win over the Red Wings. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Jaden standing by. Hi, Jaden. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Good. Um, congratulations on your show. I think that the, uh, I really enjoy it. Um, first time going, I guess, well, just discussing the Oilers this year. Um, I'm sorry. I just have to park here. Oh, I'm driving. Um, Parker? Yeah, he's driving right now. I just had to pull over. I was driving. Um, So anyway, um, well, number one, I believe that the best player on any team um, has to be the general manager. And after that, the coach. And um, this year, uh, since Ken Holland has taken over, I I thought every move he's made and every decision he's made has been, uh, you know, quite good. I I don't really have any complaints. And bringing in Jay Woodcroft there was was an excellent move. And the way that he's taken over the team, I believe, is... uh, an outstanding job um, in his position. In regards to the goaltender, goaltending, I think um, I think their 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 wild card or their ace card is Skinner for sure. I mean, Woodcroft's first game, but he brought in Skinner. He said he had a lot of confidence in that goaltender, and he got shut out. Did he not? Uh, Smith, Smith played the first game. But, but Skinner got the shot. Yeah, Smith played that game against the Islanders. That was the first game. Skinner, but I mean, okay. I think, Skinner played on that road trip. I think you you said it. The, the the word that it fits the best is wild card. I think that's the problem. Is Skinner? You don't know what he's going to do under the pressure of a playoff run. So I think that's why he's a wild card. Um, and uh, the coaching staff here knows him well. Yet he's down in the minors right now, and they've got these other two guys up here. Skinner, I. I Right now, the plan is to go with Smith and Koskinen. Smith will get another start right away, and he has to be better in his starts, or you force the hand of uh, the general manager and the coaching staff to possibly bring Skinner up here. Yeah, I think we're going to be talking about goaltending after every game, quite yep. frankly. <laughs> How many more games do we got? <laughs> well, what do we got now? 22 left in the regular season. They're looking better for a playoff spot than they were about 10 days ago. So. Yep. Yeah, no. Goaltending is going to be a question until one of them answers the question in a in a playoff series. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be our adjustment of the game for Pro Drain Text for peace of mind down the line. Okay, we got to take a quick timeout. Uh, Rocket is next on the phone line, and you're still going to hear from Evander Kane. The Oilers outscore Detroit 7-5. Couple of goals for Kane tonight. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Over the Detroit line, his shot blocked, he gets it back, scores! Evander Kane, his first shot was blocked, and the second one he puts in, and the Oilers are up 5-4. Oh, back and forth they went. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that, because Detroit never led. (laughs) They went back and forth in the third. Detroit got two, 34 seconds apart early in third to tie it. Kane scored that goal. Raymond scored the uh, off the botched play between Koskinen and Keith behind the net that we were talking about, and then Fogel got the game winner. Uh, sloppy game. Uh, I mean, certainly uh, we were talking about a couple of Koskinen allowed. I, I think you can look at probably two each that Grace and the Jelkovic allowed as well. And uh, shoddy defending at times by the Oilers, uh, shoddy defending at times by yep. the Wings. <laughs> you don't have 12 and, goals in a game yeah, when I mean, everyone's playing well defensively. Yeah, that's how I mean. To, I mean, we obviously we're 
Oilers centric here in Edmonton, but and they made a lot of sloppy plays. But if you look at Detroit, I mean, Hyman had a two on three, and then he got a breakaway. Yep. Uh, you know, Kane's goal was kind of like who's who's going to get the puck for Detroit? Nobody. You know. I uh, mean, the 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 goal that Yamamoto scored on the power play. If you watch the replay, it was a straight pass from McDavid to Yamamoto. There was nobody even close to being in the passing lane. Yeah, it was just a complete misread. Well, by I the mean, defenseman. like I said earlier, like Yamamoto's stick is almost in the net. Like if you're defending, you're probably thinking McDavid wants to hit it. Well, I mean, all you have to do is watch video. Connor McDavid, every power play tries that at least once. Right. So it's not that something new. So that was just poor defending. Well. Yeah, the, the Detroit Red Wings have given up 10 already this year. They've got a couple eight. They had an eight-goal game against as well. So defense is not the strength of their game. They're, they're, they're fun. They have some guys that can put the puck in the net, but they don't have good goaltending, and they are what, terrible defensively. What do you think of Cider? He's good. He's way bigger than I thought, eh? He's like six foot four. So he's a skilled player that's six foot four. Not a combination you see very often. He's good. He moves the puck well. I mean, he's just on a team. Imagine if he was on a team like, well, on Edmonton or or Colorado or uh, a team with some highly skilled players up front that could uh, help him create. He he's more or less on his own. Larkin's a, a nice hockey player, but they don't. And so is that Raymond's going to be. But they don't have a whole lot of skilled players up front that could take advantage of the skill set that Cider has on the back end. All right, Oilers win 7-5. We have Rocket on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Rocket. Go ahead. Yeah, which is amazing how well he's doing. Hey, Rob? Oh, absolutely, because that's, I mean, that's not a strong team. Yet, I, I looked at his stats before the game. He's only minus two on a bad hockey club, playing the minutes he does, and he's got, well, what did he get tonight? He had one point or two. I think he had one. So he has 42 points on the season. That's a pretty good year by anybody's standards, let alone a, a, a rookie playing on a poor hockey club. He's only 20 years old. Yeah, no, it's. I, I agree. It's incredible. He's uh, he's incredibly gifted, and it was it was definitely an '80s game for sure, which of course I love uh, because you know I watched all those cups back in the day. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I Rob, when you talked about Koskinen mm-hmm. and his interview, yep. Uh, I was impressed how you read that, and I read it the same way, which was like, here's a guy that he doesn't care what you think. If you don't think he can be a number one goaltender, the guy's going to prove you wrong. Like, he, he has that attitude and mindset. Whether he does it, uh, game in and game out is up to him because he's basically laid the gauntlet down to the media. Like it was, an, it, that was an impressive. Uh, I, I love the way he handled the media, where you know he said it's basically your fantasy, <laughs> not, not mine. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm cheering for him. I really am. Uh, he, just, he seems like a, a, a really nice guy that is very, very liked by his his teammates. And no one, he wasn't planning on being the the starter here this year, and it fell into his lap. And he's had a roller coaster. There's been some really good stretches, and there's been some god awful stretches. But he he stayed fairly positive through most of this, and he's come out and given the Oilers a chance to win on most nights. And I think that's all you can ask for. And Hopefully he'll uh, he'll continue and the Oilers will get those starts 
throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs from him. Okay, the Oilers win 7-5. Two goals for this guy, Evander Kane. Well, Vander, it, it got a little hectic near the end, but uh, is this a night where the maybe the result is more important than than how you got there? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, if you're if you were to, if I'd rather be sitting up here talking about how well we played and didn't win, uh, I'd be lying to you. So um, it's good. Two points. Uh, we needed them, and uh, and we'll take them. You seemed home, home and cooled after the first five minutes. Can you maybe explain to me what, what happened for the middle stretch of the game? Sorry, I missed that first part. Like you, you seemed pretty home and cooled for the first five minutes. Uh, can you maybe explain what happened for you know the next little stretch, middle stretch of the game? Yeah, we we got out to you know probably a perfect start, if you will. You know, we think we spent the first five minutes in their end. Uh, they had no shots. We had three goals, so couldn't draw it up any better than that. Um, no, I think we, we started to uh, get away from what was making us successful in those first five and, and maybe got a little too comfortable with, with where we were at in the game. And that leaked into the second, and, and obviously we had a uh, poor start to the to the third period. But, uh, you know, we, we scored some timely goals uh, in the third there and got the lead, and we're finally able to keep it. Evander, uh, after the road trip post-game in Chicago, I asked you how the road trip Honest, you said average. Mm-hmm. How, have you, how do you feel like your team has responded in the three games since? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's been good. You know, we've had a, a couple big wins against some some top teams. Obviously, we're playing a team in Detroit uh, tonight that we can't take lightly. And you know, like I said, we we started out that way. Uh, we we didn't take them lightly, and um, you know, we got some results. Uh, you know, and this week, uh, you know, we got a couple more teams uh, in similar positions like Detroit, you know, playing with nothing to lose and, and playing loose. Um, and we're going to have to learn from tonight a little bit, uh, taking that uh, that same game that we had in the first there um, into Thursday and, and into Saturday afternoon. The age-old saying is good teams find a way to win games. And you guys are obviously trying to become a good team and a great team in this league. Can you maybe look back on this victory like one like this where it was kind of ugly and maybe take a little momentum and confidence out of that yeah i i I think you know anytime you get on a winning streak you're never going to play perfect hockey uh throughout it and you know we've won three in a row here and uh, a couple of those against really good teams um so we're never going to complain and i'm never going to complain about uh getting two points and, and and moving on or is it is it just human nature when you're up three nothing or four one against a team that you kind of let off a little bit something that you're maybe concerned about um, yeah, I mean, you, you can say that. I, I, I think there's some merit to it. But, uh, you know, becoming a, a good team and a team that wins consistently, having that same attitude no matter what the score is, um, I think is important. I think will will help you in the long run. And I thought, uh, you know, we got away from that a little bit, uh, obviously, throughout the game. But, uh, you know, again, like I said, it's something to learn from. And, and we got another kick at the can here on uh, Thursday against Buffalo. What, what gets said when it's 4-4 four, four, or 5-5? Five, because five? If, if this one gets away from you, that's a, a pretty catastrophic loss. Yeah, you know, I, I thought uh, we did a good job of sticking with it. Um, like I said, we scored some timely goals in the third period there uh, to regain the lead a couple of times and, 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 and responded, you know, when, when they scored. So uh, that was a good sign. And, and, and like I said, you know, we, we found a way to win. And um, at this time of the year, that's, uh, that's what's most important. Vander, you guys scored a power play goal, and then on the other ones, you had some really good looks. Looks like you had a few other new wrinkles in. You've had some time to work on the power play. Do you feel it's coming, or did you see positive signs in what you liked, even on the ones you didn't score on? 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, we're always looking to improve uh, on the power play and, and get good looks. I think we had some good looks that, uh, you know, we we weren't able to capitalize on in those those couple that you mentioned uh, specifically in the third there. Um, but like I said, you know, we, I think we had, what, three power plays today. So going one for three, uh, we can't sit here and, and complain about that. I think uh, we just got to continue to push and, and score those timely goals uh, when the team needs us to. Jay Woodcroft hasn't been afraid to call timeouts quite at different times of the game and uh, it seemed to work tonight. It came out, you scored pretty much right after it. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously he's that coach. He has a feel for uh, when he maybe needs to settle things down. Obviously, uh, we had just talked about that uh, in the dressing room. It wasn't short after the intermission. So, um, but yeah, it was uh, something he felt that uh, he needed to do. And, um, you know, it was able to, uh, I think, settle things down for the group and, kind of get us refocused and realize we're in a hockey game. Hey, Vander, just over here to your left. Um, just over here, hi. I uh, just wanted to ask you throughout, kind of from the day you signed, throughout you kind of said, hey, I'm, I'm starting to feel better, a little more uh, kind of hockey normal, for lack of a better term. Where do you think you're at now when it comes to how you would be during a normal season? Yeah, I, I think... Um you know, a lot of things kind of go into that. You know, it's not just on the ice, it's off the ice too. It's nice to uh, have spent a little bit more time here in, in Edmonton. It's, uh, you know, at the beginning, the first 15 games, we were on the road quite a bit. So um, finally had a chance to settle in and starting to uh, to feel better. And, and like I said, just trying to get better like everybody else is and continue to grow my game and um, try to become a better hockey player every day. Just one for me, Evander. Can you tell in a game that this is going to be a high-scoring game? You've played a long time. Do some of these games just get away on both teams? All of a sudden, it's 7-5 game. Yeah, it was actually funny you mentioned that. I was just talking to uh, a couple of the guys there in the room, just kind of saying after, you know, now that we saw the result, uh, in a way, it kind of felt like it was going to be one of those games. You know, we jump out to a three-goal lead. Um, where teams are in the standings at this time of the year, uh, been a lot of those different games on both sides of the equation, and you kind of, kind of just feel that some nights aren't going to be perfect, and, and you're going to have to grind one out, and, and uh, you know maybe just outscore the other team, and that's what we had to do tonight. Um, you know we let them hang around a little bit, uh, especially in the second period, and uh, you know then they jumped on, on us in the third, and we had to, uh, like I said, respond. So. It's good we came out with the win. Just want to ask you, going over to say hello to Sam Gagne there, when he was involved with, looked like Yamamoto, maybe going to be a, a scrap. What did you have to say to Sam? Sam didn't look like he wanted any part of a fight <laughs> with with you or anybody. No, I mean, I wasn't going over there to fight, fight him, but uh, just let him know that uh, who he's on the ice with. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to just sticking up for a teammate, that's all. That is Evander Kane. Couple of goals as the Oilers win a crazy one. They had an early 3-0 lead. They were up 4-1. Eventually it was 4-4, but they beat Detroit 7-5. Get more on this game on 630chet.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast is Thursday, 5.30 face-off show. Puck drop at 7. Oilers take on the Buffalo Sabres. Game 4 of the Oilers' 5-game homestand. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Jerry Dombrowski, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Chad, we've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 7-5, Oilers win it.